you're about to listen to the Pro Wrestling Zone podcast, a Majestic Production property. One of the quickest rising professional wrestling podcasts on the market today and the most entertaining podcast in the history of existence. Please note, before diving into the show, that this is for entertainment purposes only. So myself and Pina Gallery engage in exaggerations, dirty or offensive jokes, and satirical comments. If you are a triggered little snowflake who gets professionally offended, this is not the podcast for you. If you do enjoy our work, we ask that you contribute to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash majestic P. Contributors get access to the Discord, vote on what topic we cover, and enjoy exclusive content such as pay-per-view watch parties. Here's a sample of that from NXT TakeOver Portland. If this is something you believe you would enjoy, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash MajesticP and become a patron. This ensures that we continue to entertain you for years to come. Without further ado, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to the 31st episode of the Pro Wrestling Zone. I am Tiger Height. And I'm Peanut Gallery. And we are going to talk about uh, the Dark Side of the Ring episodes of Chris Benoit. Yep. And then we are going to do a brief dialogue back and forth so not like a formal debate but a free-form discussion on if part-timers are a positive or a negative aspect aspect of the wrestling business yep i can't really say wwe within of itself because we've seen a lot a lot of part-timers and a lot of promotions right and it's like okay are they good are they bad is it indifferent we'll find out so uh let's start off with with news What's been going on? Uh, WrestleMania has become it's a it's a freight it, train about to be derailed. This 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 is the the story of the week. Apparently, we are we are getting little tidbits about what is happening for WrestleMania. So, as you know, WrestleMania has been uh, filmed over the past couple of days. It was Wednesday and Thursday of this past week, I March think. March 25th and 26th were the official days of the WrestleMania taping. So, they filmed Wrestle... So, they taped WrestleMania already. And yes. they have, uh, they have uh, given everyone who worked the non-disclosure agreements, they can't say anything, but what we are getting is we are getting little pieces and little tidbits about what happened, how it all went down. So, uh, Tiger, why don't you go through some of the big, uh, big topics that you saw with regards to the tapings? Okay, so obviously Roman Reigns was the major topic, and because he is already immune compromised because of his leukemia diagnosis, he had it twice, he beat it twice, but at the same time, how did that affect his body? He made the decision to not compete for the Universal Champion right. against Goldberg, which is one of the gigantic marquee matches. It has been confirmed that Braun Strowman was the replacement 
for Roman Reigns. We don't know if Braun Strowman won the no. match. No, we didn't. We have not but, yet, and we're not going to release any kind of information. We're going to go into WrestleMania totally blind. I mean, we'll we'll keep you guys in the dark, but uh, yeah, that definitely. We did, we did we did predictions early because the championship could change hands, and we're still going to be. Um, covering the show and as it happens yeah, on we, Patreon. We do. We have we we have a gut feeling that probably sometime next week we'll get results. But we are getting you know there are people on the inside that yeah. that are getting you know giving us you an know, idea have, of what's been happening. The Miz also was he is sick. Uh, there has not been con- any kind of confirmation that he is sick with COVID. And I hope he isn't, obviously, because, you know, two daughters, a wife, and this thing is killing people who are healthy. So, obviously, you know, be cautious and be aware. If he doesn't have it, then, I mean, fantastic. But, again, he was also scheduled to be in a match at WrestleMania. Yes. And that has caused another match to supposedly change. So, so what th- was th- that, that change? That has, that has, not, been, it has not been confirmed Officially, that the match has changed. Okay. To what I have heard, I've heard two different matches that happened. It is going to be a triple threat ladder match for the tag team champions. I heard John Morrison, one of the Usos, and Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. Or it was John Morrison versus one of the Usos in a ladder match for the tag team champions, but it's a one-on-one situation. Right. Like, it's representative. It's not both members. Right. Um... I particularly would not mind seeing a triple threat ladder match, even if it's a singles for the tag team champions. It could be unique. All the guys are pretty good in the ring, and uh, I watched the tag team match between the Usos and the New Day. It was, yet again, a great match, and I think adding them into it would even be better, but I really hope they taped this match before Miz was sent home. Oh no, they taped it after, I can guarantee you that. This is sick, and that changed the scope of this ladder match. Like you said, it's not confirmed. Um, anything else that has changed, though? I know that Dana Brooke has been... Uh, Dana Brooke and Rey Mysterio are both in self-isolation, so the the six-person... Uh, the six-pack challenge is now a five-pack challenge, or a yes. five, fatal five-way, or yes, however a, they want to call it. It's a fatal five-way elimination match for the SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not, the one thing that I'm not sure of, and Oh, oh, and what about, um, what about Andrade? No, yeah, it's Andrade. He is... Andrade got injured. Yes. It's a very minor rib injury, but they're taking no chances. Uh, Buddy Murphy is also injured, but he was never on the WrestleMania card, but he was going to be involved in the Kevin Owens Seth Rollins match in some capacity. So, obviously... It's not anything outside of the scope of, you know, anything bad. Thank God they're not right. sick. Um, to what I've heard is that the Miz's symptoms, he just, he looked a little sickly and he had a cough. There was no fever uh, whatsoever. He was right underneath the 100.6 degree top that they have placed on there. But obviously they're doing that. Bobby Lashley is in quarantine. 
Oh. It is not self-quarantine, but he is in quarantine because he came from South Africa. Oh, that's right. Right before the shutdown happened. He right. Was, he was in there. So right, right. And then um, I did. guess Andrade's being replaced by Austin Theory, from what I heard. Yes, he is being replaced by Austin Theory. Apparently, uh, Paul Heyman has like a huge Woody for Austin Theory. I don't know why, because he hasn't been on there too much. Um, but... Yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for NXT. There have been some really good matches announced for it, and I think how they are going to build it is huge. Where uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are going to be in a ring alone. No referee, no commentators, no nothing. You're just going to beat the shit out of each other until somebody gives up. Nice. Um, a great promo by Triple H to do that as well. And I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. The women's ladder match is going to happen next week. Huh? Is a triple threat North American championship match next week. Mm -hmm. It is uh, Dijakovic, Punishment, or um, uh, uh, Damian Priest, and Keith Lee. I haven't heard anything else outside of those matches, but those are the matches that they're promoing because those were going to be on that takeover. On, on the NXT TakeOver Tampa Bay, which yep. is now obviously not happening. Mm -hmm. So uh, besides WrestleMania, I Impact did a great promo about social distancing, which I really like. Yes, um, Impact Wrestling is absolutely crushing it. They are showcasing a lot of the old TNA stuff. Yes, they are. Which is really nice. And um, Ring of Honor kind of, they did kind of a video earlier, but I think they should do another one. But Impact Wrestling did a great video. Yeah, they did. And, you know, uh, Peanut Gallery and I, we usually, we go for a walk every day since, you know, we can't go to the gym. And it's, we were like, wow, man, they, they have been really crushing it. They've been hitting yeah. that head right on, like, right on the nail, you know, right on the top of the head. Yeah. About how they are doing this. And I think they did the right thing. Mm -hmm. They're protecting the performers. Yep. And, you know, we really enjoyed the um, Impact Wrestling show. Yeah. Thank God we went to that one. Also, by the way, did you ever um, email help at Ring of Honor for the refund for Yeah, I'm still waiting for the refund. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume they haven't decided yet on what it is. Obviously, uh, we'd have that. And then, uh, you know, we're trying not to cover the, the COVID-19 right. stuff. But I guess Trump has come out and said that there will be an expansion on the... Uh, lockdown. So I or think social distancing guide. Social, the social distancing guidelines, is it the same as it is now? So no more yeah. than like 10 people. Yep. yep, all those. It's extended to... The end of April. The end of April. Which so. is kind of what we expected. I figured that. Yeah, that's, much. that's pretty much going to be the case. So it's going to be a long April, guys. Not a lot of shows going on, but uh, it seems like things are going to start picking back up here in May, hopefully. Yep. Um, but at this point, we'll take a short break. When we come back, we are going to... A short break. We're, we still have literally two topics to cover, and this thing has only been going on for like 10 minutes. Yeah, when we come back, we are going to cover oh, three parter. Oh, okay. We are going to cover <laughs> the dark side of the ring with Chris Benoit. It's going to be the longest part of the show. Probably. So we will be back. Okay. <laughs> and we are back, I guess. So 
We have decided to cover every episode of Dark Side of the Ring yes. Season 2 because the first season was just fucking killer. And, of course, we don't have any pay-per-views to cover for at least the next month, so... It's, it's, it's basically, like, really good filibustering for the next month. Filler? Not... What's... Filibusting? God damn, you need to work on your vocabulary there. It's Filler. You said filibusting. Oh really? Oh shit! I'm sorry. Like I'm, you're I'm, like you're standing and giving a political speech. Like, come on. Well, it's to it's, to delay a bill. Yes. <laughs> okay, so against my very just poor keep just keep aside, drinking. Aside from my very poor vocabulary, you know, run a fucking podcast about professional wrestling, have a terrible vocabulary. It's all good neighborhood here, bitch. So, uh, Chris Benoit. It was a two-parter episode. I was kind of questioning why they did that, and as soon as they released the second part, I kind of figured why. Holy shit. So, Peter Gallery is emotionless. You could literally stomp on a bag full of puppies, and he would literally not care. Okay, I would probably lose my shit if you were doing that. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> I know a lot of people teared up during this episode, but I apparently that did was, not. That, you even said that it was it was a rough one. That that was a lot of emotions. There was a lot. Um, I feel so. What were your overall opinions on the first two episodes of this season, of the new one? It was it was just there. I don't have an opinion one way or another. What about the comparison to the last season? Do you well, of think, course, I think you, the production is a lot better for this oh, season. Yeah, Absolutely. 110%. Um, do you think that starting with such a heavy episode is a benefit, or will it take away from the overall... The, the overall no it's um, a good it's it's a good thing they think that it's something that needed to be done it's something that people have been looking for a Chris Benoit-esque documentary of some sort and how they approached it was very tasteful um it was very unbiased um and it kind of hit the nail on the head mm-hmm um, so at the very end of it, David Benoit and Nancy's sister, they hugged and that one hurt. Like, I was like, oh, they re wow. So what happened was they hadn't talked for years before then and Chris Jericho yep. brought them back together. So there we yeah. go. That's um, what happened. They, were, they went to an AEW show together. I think they were at Double or Nothing together and that's where some of the footage came from. And... Oh my God! Just seeing David Benoit talk about—I mean, he's—he's he's pretty open about talking about his dad, his, his father, and what happened there. And but you can tell that sometimes it was just a slog to get through. And with it being a two-parter episode, trust me, like that first one when they talked about Eddie, that one kind of hurt because that one was like an out of nowhere death. Right. Uh, but the second part, I think, hit me a little bit harder just because they talked about they talked about what happened after the death, right. when things started coming to light about how it happened. Right. Um, they had very strange cuts of the. Obviously, they're not going to show the police photos right. of everything that happened because that'd be kind of not okay. Right. Uh, but. They showed, like, this is, you know, a picture of the, the house. scene, yeah, of, like, what they saw. Right. They got the police, who were the first responders, 
to see what happened. They talked about that. Yes. Which I thought was like, whoa. Like, I could, I, I kind of envisioned myself walking through the house. So they got, they got the friends. They got the family members. They got the detective. They didn't get people from WWE, though, which I think was interesting. I, I think it's because it's not a WWE production. I'm pretty sure that Vince would not have approved of it. But... I wanted to kind of hear from a producer who maybe was working at that time kind of I think we we heard like Here's we my, heard we heard Chavo talk about what the producers were they, saying and they, and they said about Johnny Ace who right. obviously is John Laurinaitis who was the executive vice president of talent at the time. Right. And and I would have liked to see him maybe uh, put some input in there, but you know they they take what they can get, I guess. Right, I, mean, I think WWE because of how they approached. Obvious, okay. WWE obviously knew they gave the blessing to show the footage of the Chris Benoit Raw and what Vince McMahon said after the fact. That was in this. That was but in what? That it, but but would that be considered fair use if they were adding? I think I, I I really feel like it is because that's not official footage. That was that was not like official. It was, it was, it was edited, but I think it definitely was. It was definitely official footage because they had Vince McMahon talking to the camera with the ECW after. Well, yeah, after everything right, 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 right. That's but, official footage, and I I guarantee you that they said we're doing this. We would like to use this footage, and I think WWE is like. I think they did it in a way where WWE is not inherently there, but you have to talk about that company because I'm sorry, he was signed with the company. Yeah, I, I just don't I just don't think that they got WWE's blessing. I just think they took clips and stuff maybe that people had recorded um, or, or things like that because th they were under 30 seconds, so that would have fallen under fair use, right? And it, it was used in a transparent way, right. so it is. But knowing it WWE, almost, it almost, bust. yeah. They they would probably bust bust a nut if if you know to Vice if you know Vice hadn't said anything. Right. I guarantee you that they said we're going to use this footage. Um, it's under the fair use. They probably let them be fully aware of what's right. going on. Obviously, it's a week out after the episode aired, and they air it on Tuesday or whatever. Uh, so, obviously, we're going to see if WWE is going to make a hissy fit out of it. Obviously, I think their hands are tied with something a little more important I don't than a think, fucking Vice episode. I don't think that they're going to make a hissy fit out of it. I don't think so either. I think they did it tastefully where WWE still Because, again, they also, remember, first season, they used a lot of footage from WWE as well. Right. So, or at least footage that WWE owns. Right. In the next episode, obviously, there's going to be another... Uh, um, very heavy topic is about uh, New Jack. Yeah. And, uh, you know, WWE owns a lot of the ECW footage. Or all the ECW footage. Yeah, they own all of it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. So, the episode was done so beautifully. What was your biggest takeaway that you did not know about the Chris Benoit story? That you got out of the episode because they went into a great in-depth discussion on every aspect that led up to what happened in that house. I guess it was a lot of the just the unknowns that I had about the events that happened over that weekend. Do you think a lot of them were answered? I think some of them were, yes. Okay. And I think that things like um, 
like uh, William Regal when he talked about Chris Benoit. And William Regal and Chris Benoit lived in the same area. Right, that one was kind of revealing. And William Regal didn't he he knew he probably knew more than than other wrestlers knew about the history between Nancy and Chris right and he did not mention that but he tried his best to talk about Chris in the most positive light that he possibly can um because a lot of a lot of the other wrestlers talked about like his family and he was a great family man and blah 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 but Chris, but but William was like, he was one of the best wrestlers to ever step foot in the ring, and he was, and we're and, not, and he was, and you know, see I'm, I'm saying, that I'm, that I'm is saying. that is why, because of what happened, the WWE is never going to forgive Chris for it. No, and the other thing too no is way. is that the I never considered Nancy to be a contender into the Hall of Fame, but. Knowing where she was, you know, knowing what she was at that point in time, I think there's some, there's some credence that can be lent to it, but you can't, but it's hard when there's this, what happened. She is, she is attached to what happened yes. and it's going to be very difficult. They're going to be treading some water, right? which is why I'm, I'm going to bring it to somebody else who is just as controversial, uh, China, right? where they... Got her into the Hall of Fame, but was it was with DX. Right. I still believe that they're going to put China in separately because I think she deserves it. Right. But they needed to. They it's it's skirting a very fine line of what, you know. Right. With the attachment of what it is, because you know China did porn. China did a wrestling porn. Right. And she badmouths everything. The whole attachment with Triple H, and it was like, man, it, it's gonna be skirting, but they did it. Right. Um. My thing, my biggest takeaway was, I mean, I knew that Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero had a huge relationship. I did not think that the death of Eddie Guerrero, the magnitude of that death for Chris was, I, I did not think it was that big. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, Chris was a ticking time bomb. They they showed the footage of his brain. There were big holes in it, clearly there was a change. I think Chris Benoit should have retired after WrestleMania 20. You go out the biggest way you can. Right. Or, 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 at, or, least, or at least after Eddie Guerrero passed. Right. You know, kind of hang up the boots from there. Right. I feel like him continuing his career after that death was a really big thing. And also... Chris did not grieve properly because he got on a plane. And he kept wrestling. He kept doing his thing. And I understand, but, you know, Chris Benoit, he was wrestling. He ate, slept, breathed, fought, did everything wrestling. He married a former valet. Uh, His son is now wrestling. He did not take a paycheck from anything else throughout the course of his life other than wrestling. That is how... He made his living. Die hard obsessed he was. Right. And I can appreciate that, but the the circumstances that he was in, the obvious emotional wreck that he was at right. that funeral, I think WWE should have honestly sat there and said, you were going to release you from your contract. You need to take some time off. 
have a couple of years to grieve the right way, we could still be sitting here and seeing Chris Benoit alive right. at this point. Right. Um, I felt that the... Um, when J- so JR was a represent uh, represented WWE at, I believe it was Nancy's funeral. It was Nancy and um, Daniel's Daniel's funeral. How they kicked him out, I felt like was somewhat disrespectful. I was to who not- to JR? Yeah. No. JR JR was a friend to Chris. Yeah. And I do I did not see a problem with him being there. What? If it was like somebody who did not know Chris, I could understand. But no, no, no. It's just that they, JR, they, JR. they knew why he was there, and WWE was trying to save face. That's all that he was there for. I think it was well within their power, and I think that the way that JR handled it was with tact and grace. And No, that's he, fine, but he was still it JR doesn't matter. Still a friend. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He was there representing the WWE. How, do you, how would you know that? He didn't go in there and say, I'm representing WWE. He didn't do that. No, but he was under contract with them at the time. And okay. It was obvious that nobody there wanted him there. I mean, that's fine. But on it, okay, honestly, he sat. If he, I it, don't know. No, I, I it saw, just I doesn't. Fought. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense to have someone there like that. Because the WWE if is... If it was like John Laurinaitis, I can understand. But JR, who was already a friend, who again, personally recruited him to go to fucking uh, Again, WWE. again, no one fucking cares. <sighs> but it was... That obviously, th- these are my opinions. And this yeah, is what, I know. This you, is, all you, all you care like. about is nice guys and friends. It's like, no, this is business. <sighs> it's all it business. Was not a, it was not a business meeting. It was a funeral. Yeah, I know, but... But JR was told to go to the funeral. How do you know that? Because he said it. Yeah, that's fine, but he did not go there and saying, I am a representation of WWE. He did not do that. How would they know at that time that he was there on behalf of WWE? Because because other people were probably there and said, hey, this guy wasn't invited. If he wasn't invited, okay. He wasn't invited. That. Okay, that's different. He then. came he came as he came at as a representative to the WWE. No, that's fine then. I did. I didn't know that if he was invited or not. I I'm, didn't catch that. I'm pretty sure there were other wrestlers there, and I'm pretty sure that they got wind that Jr. was going to come to the funeral as the representative to the WWE, and then they told the family members, and the family members said, "You're not allowed to be here." Okay. Well, obviously, we're going to be talking about this next episode. The Jesus. The- Obviously, we're going to be talking about another episode, the death of Owen Hart, and there were a bunch of fucking wrestlers there, and Mr. McMahon was there. Was he there representing WWE? It, again. I'm sorry. That was, that was a little Again, snarky. again, you're comparing apples to oranges. Literally, you're going to How? the- You're going to a funeral of two people that a wrestler of theirs murdered. Oh, I see what you're talking okay. Well, okay. Why no, wait, would wait, wait. you... JR, JR was in the friend of Nancy as well. I mean, why couldn't that because, still be anything? Because of... Because, again, the wrestlers get wind of this. The wrestlers knew that Vince was going to send one of his lackeys over as a representative to represent WWE at the funeral. Okay, I mean... okay, I, And, and I'll, if, I'll, if, I will... JR, if JR went there under his own volition... Then that's one thing, but he didn't because Vince said represent us at the represent us at the funeral. Okay, I, I'm, I, and... I will I will I will concede on that, but I still believe there was a 
better way to handle it. And because JR was close to Nancy, he was friends with her. They worked in WCW together. For, okay, but for again, a while. but again, it's just because of the fact that Vince said no, that's, represent like, the company. Like I said, like I said, I will I will concede to that. But you know, sending JR was kind of a low blow for WWE because I think they knew that they could possibly get away with it because right. of his relationship to Nancy. Exactly, and that's why they chose JR to do it. Right. If JR came in under his own volition without that representation hanging over his head, then I think he would have been allowed to stay. Right. No, that's fine. But. I I, I, can, I I will concede to it. But I, yeah, I will concede to it. I think it's because you know, to them, it's like, oh, Vince McMahon is here, you know, kind of thing. Right. Okay. If Vince McMahon showed up, obviously he'd be kicked out. Like that right. would be ridiculous. But and then it's different. It's different with Owen because Owen died without. Because it's just a murder aspect. Okay. The wrestler murdered two people. And it wasn't Chris's funeral. Right. It was Nancy and Daniel's funeral. Exactly. If it was Chris's funeral, no one from WWE would have shown up for that. Right. And you I, know, if, But if, if, friends, if, if, friends if JR, obviously still did. If JR went down there under his own volition and did that and they said, right. we're, we're kind of uncomfortable, um, we're kind of uncomfortable here with you here, um, Obviously, I think Jr. had would have had enough grace to leave right. under his own volition anyway, because he but, even said, "I can clearly see I was not welcome here. Right. I'm just gonna fuck off." Right. But everyone knew because other wrestlers were there. Right. For Nancy and and um, Daniel's funeral, and they all knew that. So also, another one that kind of bothered me about this was Kevin Sullivan who obviously basically wrote his own divorce, but he did not go there and defend himself on camera regarding the abuse allegations. And honestly, I think he should have. Yeah. I thought that was somewhat disappointing, and it kind of leads credence to he was definitely doing that. Oh, yeah, of course he was obviously, doing that. Obviously, you know, innocent until proven guilty, we don't know. Right. You know there are a couple of but, other but but things, but if, but but if someone doesn't want to come on camera and say that they didn't do it, then they did it. Yeah, it's kinda, <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird. weird. Um. Anyways, I can't think of much more to say about these two parts. Watch them. Well, I I be so. Here is my takeaway. We are going to be doing an episode later regarding. Um, CTE, I'm going to assume. I feel like that would be a good discussion oh, yes. to have Yes, overall. because they did, yes, the CTE part. That was also very interesting to me. Oh, yeah, no, it was really cool. So we'll, we'll probably do like we'll a probably very do that. Yeah, We're going to do a very in-depth thing about that specifically. And Down the might... road. We'll probably do it sometime over the summer when things start getting back to normal. Right. Um, but that is definitely one of our topics. And, um, and what we'll do is that for each one of these dark sides of the ring, we'll kind of tie in a larger topic that we'll cover later um we already have two right now so like the episode with new jack we're going to cover wrestlemania uh, well not wrestlemania um, yeah this new jack and well, wrestlemania no, 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 to, for the tie-in episode later oh. we're gonna talk about if hardcore wrestling was beneficial or right. detriment to the business and that will be something for a different episode right but we're probably we're probably gonna think we'll of new we'll ideas catch here. up with some tie-ins and do that because I think a lot of this season's episodes they have a lot of hardcore stuff in there anyway. So yeah, we're we're, we're gonna have some content for fucking days. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. So, anyways, when we come back from the break, 
we are going to discuss part-timers in professional wrestling. Yes. Are they good? Are they bad? What are your thoughts? So we'll be back and we'll talk about that here for probably 10 to 15 minutes. Yep.
All right, and here's our final part, and we are going to be having a 10-15 minute um, open forum discussion between myself and Pina Gallery on a simple question. Are part-timers beneficial or a detriment to the professional wrestling industry as a whole? And before we go into it, what are you going to define a part-timer as? Somebody who basically wrestles as as a part-time scheduler so not 300 days they don't do house shows um they wrestle you know generally they're they're billed as special attractions maybe they do one-off matches or right. they do very um, few matches I mean, brock lesnar is signed on but he has a different contract he doesn't do house shows he wrestles specific things right. i don't know what you were doing um Goldberg is another example. The Undertaker is like a very radical example. Yeah, John Cena is a good. So there, are, the we, reason we, the reason that we're talking about this is because there are a lot of part timers with this WrestleMania this year. So we're gonna talk about we had we had we had this one as soon as Goldberg won the Universal yeah. Champion and uh, Brock Lesnar obviously continuing to have a top champion is something that we'll discuss. For me personally. You can do part-timers correctly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Brock Lesnar as an instance. Mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar is a draw. Yeah, he is. He is. He, he gets, is he an big, ex He gets big numbers. Yep. He still works fairly well, and they put the main champion on him because that is what the main champion is supposed to be. So there are a lot of people who think that, oh, a fighting champion should be wrestling every single week. That is not true. In fact, if you look throughout the history of professional wrestling, nobody, except in this modern era, like Attitude Era, Post-Attitude Era, considered a fighting champion to be a top draw and there are a lot of wrestling promotions that do not have their top champion wrestling week in and week out right a bunch of them um i'm i mean so so when chris jericho had the AEW world champion and even moxley now they don't wrestle every week they're no. there and they'll talk but lesnar does the same thing why is brock lesnar the exception to that it doesn't make any sense right to me. and and here's the thing too is that brock lesnar's contract used to only have him come out a couple times a year right. i think that the wwe wants more of him so they have him do more stuff which is why you've seen him on tv more often is because his new contract essentially requires it but he is not wrestling every single week he's not in a match right because um, it, so, as, as a good example of the contrary, uh, Kofi Kingston, as the contrary to this, where he was wrestling essentially like two times a week. He was on Raw and SmackDown because that's when they started that bullshit wildcard nonsense. Yes, that's true. And then people, then Kofi Mania died. You're right. I guarantee you, if Kofi Kingston still showed up with the New Day, don't right. get me wrong, that's fine. But only wrestled on the pay-per-views, mm -hmm. he would still be WWE champion. Yeah, and that would not be a thing because then Kofi Kingston became the attraction, mm -hmm. and the Attitude Era started this whole the WWE champion needs to wrestle every show because Stone Cold needs to be on there and he wants to wrestle. It's like, but that's just that hot shot 
boom, 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 you know, high spot, high spot, high spot, and I, I think people got sick of it. Right, and and so when you get a fighting, I mean, let's take another example. Let's talk about Seth Rollins when he became Universal Champion. People were so excited that he finally, finally took yes. that belt off of Lesnar, and then after like a month of him facing Baron Corbin and facing these people every week, they're good matches, but then it's like the same thing. This is just a raw. Yeah. Where is the draw? Where right. is the money? Seth Rollins doesn't have to be there and wrestle every week if he is the champion. Right. You build the contender, not the champion. The champion's already the champion. Right. This is your person. What you need to focus on as a wrestling company is who's gonna face the champion next. Right. And that's what that's what places like New Japan does. That's what right. places like NWA does. Um, Impact has the same kind of issue where they do have their champion they have, they have, fighting. They have, they have Tessa Blanchard but, facing but all see, the guys and but all the see, guys look shit. But see, here's the problem with someone like Tessa Blanchard is that because she is not Sorry, Tess. I I do like you a lot, but she is not a she is not seen as a top person even with the top belt. No, that's the problem. So they need to continue to build her legitimacy. Essentially, and, and, they're, and, they're doing and it's like she's facing it, like everybody, right, and I'm right, like, dude, right. But you but are, see, you're the top fucking champion. But Wrestle see, the but the problem is, is that she is not seen as a top person. Let's let's compare her to Sammy Callahan, who is obviously the contender. He, well, he's not even doing that. He's facing Ken Shamrock because he doesn't need the, the world title. Right. But he's not wrestling every single week, and, and he yet he is he's a top draw in the company right now. Right. He did not wrestle every single week when he was champion. Tessa Blanchard's wrestling every week and they're like, Oh my god, she's a top champion. I'll be honest with you, she was better when she was chasing the belt. Right. Because that is how you do that. She wrestles every week. You build her credibility, and when she becomes champion, then that person's already made. Right, right. But but she's but she's not convincing as champion. No. Brock Lesnar is convincing as champion. Right, because it's like, oh my god, Brock Lesnar is going to be on the big show. Right. That is what that champion does. And it's like, oh, what about you know, Bruno San Martino? Bruno San Martino only defended that champion like two times a year. Right. Two, three, four times a year. Right. But in packed Madison Square Garden, packed everywhere. And it's like, okay, well, then he'll go to this territory. But right. at the same time, the wrestling industry was so different then. Right. But the, the point being is that a part-timer is a draw. And that yeah. is why – the and I, I, I agree. I don't like the way that WWE is utilizing a lot of part-timers. Right. But you have to look at look at the way in which the card is built. Okay, you have Brock Lesnar, who is a who is a top champion. You have Goldberg, who is a top champion. You have John Cena, who is very likely going to lose to Bray Wyatt. But Bray Wyatt needs to regain his legitimacy. Because he Perfect. lost it. Because he lost it against Goldberg. I'm sorry, Bray Wyatt. They, well, one. They fucked him up terribly. Oh, yeah, they did. um, They backed him into a corner. They backed him into a corner, and I'm sorry. Bray Wyatt was one of those characters who did not need that champion to feel legitimate because after a while, it's like, okay, Bray Wyatt is already made. The most popular thing in professional wrestling, he does not have to wrestle every week. Right. And the fact that he was facing The Miz, for what reason was he facing The Miz? Why wasn't it for the Universal Champion? I would have been okay with Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt defending the blue belt against The Miz. Right. But but here's my point is that 
you even Bray Wyatt didn't wrestle every single week when he was champion. Right, and he still doesn't wrestle every week now. Right. Thank God. But the you know we're bringing a part timer to legitimize, um, to legitimize like Bray Wyatt with John Cena. Right. So John Cena's going to lose Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt is going to become so a legitimate when, when you when you become, individual again. When you become popular, like uber popular, like what Bray Wyatt did, where everyone is talking about you. When you wrestle as a fiend, it feels special. Right. You're the undefeated monster where you're not defeated whatsoever. Right. You basically put yourself in a part-timer position. Right. Because you don't have to. Right. And it's like, okay, if WWE did this correctly, if they did this correctly, he would have maybe wrestled five, six times a year. Right. Um, but then you get someone like The Undertaker who is facing off he against wrestles, AJ Styles. Once. He is trying, you know, uh, AJ Styles is trying to get back into that contendership position where he should rightfully be. Yeah, I don't know why he's not. Um, You know, so it's just those things. AJ, AJ Styles doesn't wrestle every week either. Right. He wrestles every now and then, and even then, it's like, oh, I'm facing Alistair Black, a match that people want to see. Right. Which is fine, because at that point, he's not the champion. So He should wrestle right. every week to showcase himself to a very large audience. Right. I'm the next contender. When you are the world champion, you have to be a part-timer. Right. But, but you know, so, so all these people who say, I want a fighting champion... How how fast do you want to get sick of your fighting champion? You guys got sick of Seth Rollins in three months because he was wrestling on regular television. Right? Nobody gives a fuck. When Seth... Okay, okay. Here, here is when Seth... They did Seth Rollins correctly. He cashed in Money in the Bank. Yep. He won World Champion. Yep. And he became the chicken shit heel where he only wrestled at pay-per-views. Right. And it's like, yes... That's how you did. That's why he had it for six months, and people were like, "Great, he's still the champion." Right. It's like perfect. You build that legitimacy, even if he's chicken shit heel. Right. And see, that's why Kofi Kingston, his momentum was gone because he was still wrestling every single week. And people are like, "Oh my God, it's another SmackDown, but it's for the title now." It's like, right. why? Why? Why did you do that? Right. It doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I like. I mean, okay, a fighting champion is fine. I don't, I don't mind but it. Put but that, put, put that on the secondary belt. Put that on the United States champion. Right. When, John, put that, when, John, when John Cena did the United States Open Challenge, that was perfect. Right. Because that title was building legitimacy because it was defended every week. It, they were great matches. Right. With a champion, that is what that is. That's the workhorse champion. Right. Intercontinental WWE, um, WWE United States. Those are the champions that you put on every week. Right. I mean, obviously not every week. You know, have them defended more on regular shows. Right. And blah, blah, blah. And on house shows, defend the WWE champion. I don't give a shit. Right. That's, you know, where it should be. Obviously, that my house show bullshit. I, I hate house shows, and I think they should go away. Right. Which is probably a topic for another day, which it could be. Yeah. But at the same time, when the WWE champion is wrestling every week they don't feel special right have them feel special they could be on the show saying oh my god the wwe champion is coming to raw when brock lesnar goes there ratings go up right why because he is a attraction he is the wwe champion legitimate badass right kofi kingston oh my god kofi kingston is going to be live he doesn't have to wrestle right it's like okay who's the next challenger 
Dolph Ziggler is an example. Dolph Ziggler builds, 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 builds. And then Kofi Kingston comes. Face-to-face -face confrontation. They go to a pay-per-view. WWE champion on the line. Boom. It's like... People get excited for that. Right. That's what people want. Right, now. that's what people want. So, um, you know, do of it what you will. Um, you know, part-time, full-time. But... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The numbers speak for themselves. Right. That. You can say, oh my God, I'm not that person. I want that champion on there every single week. The numbers don't lie. People right. churning on Seth Rollins. People churning on Kofi Kings. Well, they didn't churn on Kofi Kings. They got sick of him. They got sick of them. I mean, you look at even the numbers of people attending house shows when they were champions were among the lowest. Right. It's like the numbers don't lie, people. I'm sorry. And I love Kofi Kingston. I love Seth Rollins. But they are the example of this. They are the example of what a fighting champion does. And what right. happens is they lose a lot of steam very quickly. Right. It's, it's sad. It's annoying. But it's... I mean, the whole thing about them being wrestling every week is annoying. Right. And now look at where Kofi Kingston is. Right. He's going for the tag team champions. This guy was the big thing at WrestleMania. Right. First full African-American world champion. Right. Born in Ghana. You saw his village just popping like a motherfucker. And now, him. and now, where is he? Right. <laughs> Where, where were the ratings? They went down. You know why? Because he was there every week. You don't miss anything. Right. So It's like, oh, it's the pay-per-view. And then it's like, okay, we're going to, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to build a big-time contender for the WWE champion. And we're going to have a number one contender match at the next pay-per-view. All right, all right, all right. Okay, okay. We get it. We get it. Okay. Ugh. All right. So, anyways. Sorry, the whole part-timer situation kind of pisses me off. Is there, is there anything else that you'd like to add? <laughs> To me, I'll at least wrap it all up in a big bow. Okay. And call it a day. I love part-timers if done correctly. Mm -hmm. That's it. I love part-timers. I think part-timers should be there because they build legitimacy, and then somebody who beats them, they are automatically legitimized. Right. That's what's up. I'm going to agree with that, too. So 100%. we will end it here. Let us know what your thoughts are. Yes. Uh, go Home Show. We are going to be covering WrestleMania in its entirety with full audio and visual. Come watch it with us. Become a patron. Link down below in the description. Patreon.com forward slash Majestic P. And you get a lot of cool shit, including MP Throwback, where we cover a previous pay-per-view. And then, obviously, the watch party. So it's all good fun. So join us there. And um, follow us on our social media and stay healthy and safe. And as always, be majestic.